Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. It's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Yet again, it's 70 degrees in the middle of February or the beginning of February, and there is no global warming. Concord, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I'd be your host, Biggin, and how about you? Mm, messed that up. Totally. <coughs> El Nino. Let's blame it on that. Pansexual for well, the bully. Son of a biscuit. Pansexual weather. <laughs> Just that didn't pass. All right. I'll start over. Weather fluid. <laughs> Trans weather. Sorry. She started it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, the demise of the podcast here. Next time you need to bring somebody First professional like Heather Latrell. Yeah. You know, it's one professional. Meh. All right. Let's uh, start this thing over again. Ready? Three, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. It's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before I begin, let me go ahead and introduce you to the second half of this crazy sideshow. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the silver tongue one, the man with the golden voice, 2016's honorable mention father of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! I guess this is considered our uh, Valentine show. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. In a world where warriors have replaced swords with keyboards, we are now your common sense channel. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can find us at on the webs at www.southernfryphilosophy.com, uh, Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can find us on the Twitters and the Instagram at SFP Radio. And there we go. Please go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Give us a like, a review, uh, a subscribe. Please share our uh, episodes. That'd we're, be nice. Yeah, yeah, we're starting to trend up a little bit. So. <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys listening in. This is ep- episode number twenty-two, the Valentine's Love Day something something show. <laughs> tell, do you, you want to tell them what's on the show for today? Yeah, we have a. Uh, <laughs> write it down. <laughs> we got a little bit of wacky news. Uh, how you be during? Uh, we're going to talk about that immigration, that pesky immigration uh, executive order that old Trump threw down. The Cheeto one. Mm, the uh, he threw down the Cheeto executive order. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. He one. rolled around in it before he signed it. So. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to come back and have my lovely bride, and maybe mine, potentially, potentially on the show. Uh, it is the love show, so we're going to we're going to talk Doctor Zen. Please yeah. dial one eight hundred. What happened to that sexy voice you had from last week? I think my wife has it this week. <laughs> <laughs> you had it. You borrowed it. She, uh, I loaned it to her. So oh, well, yeah, she sounds like a chain smoker right now. Actually, need it back from her. Well, I, I can try. Lots of she'll cough in my mouth or something like that. So <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> uh, do you want to introduce our guest? Um, 
Yes, um, our lovely guest tonight is Miss Jess. That is Biggin's wife, his better half, uh, his other piece of his soul, I guess, other piece of his heart. So mm-hmm. she'll be joining us a little bit later. Or actually, we'll go ahead and pr- introduce her now. That way she wants to chime in, just like all women like to, especially my wife, has to have her two cents in. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the show, Jess, and please... Please, we've been chuckling up before the show, so please, uh, mm. please come anytime you need it. So we need to get a laugh. So welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. All right. So uh, as always, we'll start off the show. How you been doing? Oh man, I've been on the road all day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of talk radio, a lot of uh, podcasts, and very little music. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, any it's, enlightening yeah. tidbits? No, nothing much. <laughs> Just uh, mass hysteria from wherever, wherever, whatever you listen to. So. On both, yeah, it's both it, banks of the creek. Yeah, huh? it, don't, it don't even matter anymore. I think mm. we're just, I think we're in like DefCon five of his <laughs> or DefCon one of hysteria uh, at this point now. Everything is, uh, everything's questionable. And uh, what is what is the DefCon rating? Does it start at five and uh, then go to one? One is the highest. Yeah, one is the highest. Yeah. See, I like it when they did the terrorism thing and there's colors. Like yeah. I get colors. Right. Right. I don't numbers can. I be. think it's why they did that too. You know, mm-hmm. for the colors. But yeah, we're. Uh, um, yeah, there's several things. You have the the terrorism watch thing, the mm-hmm. the colors, and then you have the DEFCON, which you know is military based, and then um, you also have um, the uh, nuclear uh, clock. And it just they I don't know if you heard about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a project started by a husband and wife team back in the I think the '60s um, yeah, when wow. the, kind of the nuclear crisis, where everybody was digging holes in the back of the ground, mm-hmm. like we talked about last week with uh, mm-hmm. Heather um, for for fallout shelters. Mm-hmm. So they they designed this or. Uh, a theoretical clock and uh it, it's and basically what it does it says x amount of minutes to midnight um we're the probably the closest right now i think we're at two and a half minutes uh, before midnight so it's kind of like a i guess we're pretty much headed to total apocalypse and disaster according to them so i can make up a clock on anything yeah like yeah when's the next hypothetical time i'm gonna get a donut like that makes yeah. no sense yeah. when's barbecue time yeah yeah i got gotcha. you that's stupid yeah <laughs> but it's been around forever. And, I mean, clocks. what? It, I don't, what does it actually in do? The 60, yeah. yeah, what does that even but mean? Still, it's still going on. And I'm going to tell you, um, every minute that we go by, it's one minute closer than we get closer to the end. I mean, that's just stupid. Well, for the end of the world, or end, I guess end of us too. <laughs> so Either way, our clocks, our clocks are limited too. But that's stupid. Yeah. I, so you know, just I guess that's burning my biscuits. Just everything, man. It don't matter. You, you listen to a, you can listen to a. Uh, I listen to a lot of conservative and libertarian leaning podcasts and radio mm-hmm. shows. So, and um, a lot of the conservative talk shows, I mean, are obviously they're excited to have some power, you know, oh, uh, yeah. in, the, in the country right now. And then a lot of libertarians are trying to take a pragmatic view. But, um, and I, I admit, I think Trump has done some good things. I think he's done some stupid things. But I think, you know, like the the SCOTUS he just appointed yesterday, I think that guy's. Pretty much should be a walk, you know, walk mm. walk in guy. I mean, he's a shoe in for the decision. So, well, I, so we're going to get to political stuff here in a little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> see, I know. but you know, it just uh, the this hysteria is yeah. just killing me. Yeah, so it's I, burning your biscuits. Yeah, you can't even watch news anymore. You can't even watch the the local news anymore because it's like nonstop hysteria. Hysteria, like yeah. mass shootings are happening everywhere. Kids are being abducted. And, I actually like to blame Doctor Oz for this. He please, started please, everything. Please enlighten me. This well, he started that with like, "Hey, you have a zit on your your forehead, then you're going to die in the next <laughs> Re- 10 rectal minutes. cancer." Well, yeah, I mean, it's like mass hysteria on the on the, on the thing. Like, 
you uh, you picked your nose this week. Oh, you're gonna have the flu for the next four months. Like, come on. <laughs> like, let's get. I've real. never watched Dr. Oz, so I oh, couldn't I could relate. But it's ridiculous. Maybe maybe maybe, uh, maybe he was the uh, the orator. He of, started uh, it. Yeah, the hysteria. So, so how how you been doing this week? <laughs> it's good. I just uh, I posted a picture on our Instagram uh, page about Big and Manor. We've got another hole in the ceiling. It's just it doesn't stop. It's like Swiss cheese that after a while. Not but. not that bad. We're just on one. We only have one. We hung, hung the light from Kentucky nose, so right. that looks good. Um, now yeah, I saw the light. It looks really good. We got to patch it up and all that fun stuff. No, so another hole. And then we had uh, the Terminator guy come in. And exterminator, it, yeah, not Arnold. <laughs> I wish it was Arnold. We needed Arnold more than this guy, but uh, so he, he was a nuisance uh, specialist, specialist, I or guess, you maybe could a say. therapist. <laughs> uh, and he was come to get look at the squirrel issue, right? Again, those, those squirrels are back, and so uh, so he came to give us some tips <laughs> on uh, on how to do it, uh, get rid of the squirrels, and it was just a little bit. A little bit odd. New age exterminating. Well, can you elaborate a little bit? You were talking a little bit on the show and nailed it. Um, he was a squirrel that killer that didn't want to kill. He's a pacifist. Pacifist exterminator. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to harm the animals. See, these squirrels are just a here to, to get a nut to move their butt <laughs> to the dance floor. And so. He was explaining to me that it wasn't the squirrel's fault that they were chewing, but they oh just childhood. like to chew. It was a childhood trauma. They like to chew the wood to keep their teeth not from growing, because the teeth keep growing. It was a useless fact I learned today for 200 wow. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe in the potpourri category in Jeopardy, maybe you'll, uh, that'll be your final, yeah. final thing. Or so. under the category of, why did Jess go crazy? Totally. The squirrels. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I, I guarantee you guys are probably hearing these in your sleep now. It's getting close. You have a squirrel dream yet? <laughs> no, not yet. It's getting close though. Yeah. So anyway, so he came out to to give us some advice, and it was um, it was, it was just it literally was just, it was just advice. Some, well, he said he's going to come back and do some work, but then we heard him even worse than we ever heard him before. So I think he just I think he actually threw some in there to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, they were having extra. a rave about five thirty this afternoon in the <laughs> attic. Romper roll. I was about to say maybe uh, maybe he's a squirrel whisperer and like pulls them all in, you know, for a conference or something. Mm, well, I, I'll say this guy uh, enjoyed the nuts. I'll just <laughs> I'll just go that route. Yeah. Well, you you interpret that how you want, but um, well, you guys do have like uh, five nut trees out there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's really not what I was thinking of. But anyway, so we're we're moving on. So yeah, we're trying to get rid of those pesky squirrels again. So speaking about moving on, let's go ahead and move on to some wacky news. How bizarre! How bizarre! How bizarre! Uh, so I've got uh, I've got two news stories here today that I am just flabbergasted with. Uh, so a gambler leaves a casino to rob the bank just so he can go back and uh, play play the game some, some Rec- more, reclaim his funds. Yeah. So uh, Kerry Johnson, uh, this is a courtesy of the Huffington Post, uh, made a teeny tiny little error last summer. Now he'll be it's a sure bet that he'll be serving between five and eighteen years in prison. Uh, this 52-year-old pl- pled guilty to second-degree robbery on Wednesday 
for an August 2nd robbery at a bank in Charleston, West Virginia. So mm. not too awfully far from here, according to the Charleston Gazette Journal. He went into the casino and then uh, left the casino, robbed a bank, and then uh, went back to the casino to continue playing. He was arrested the next day after detectives received an anonymous tip. Searching his re- residence, investigators found a yellow legal pad matching the paper used for his robbery note and a hat similar to the worn uh, to the one worn by the uh by the robber uh he, so he stole $5000 from the the bank right when they caught him they only found $500 left Oof. of the stolen money um and so let's say he's not a very good blackjack he's, player he's really not yeah. what would you why would you even do that like if you're going to take the 5 grand you're already probably up so just leave it and just just run away. Well, Don't go back and try to lose it again. You know they always say casinos aren't built on uh, hopes and dreams. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're built on defeat. Yeah. So it just it, but he probably spent his monthly mortgage and child care payment and mm. and car payment and everything like that. And figured he can win it back. But uh, yeah, at least plan your robberies a little better. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, five thousand dollars. You can't live off yeah. no. of that in Mexico the rest of your life. You need no. to go big, yeah. or go home without yeah. robbing the bank. Yeah, he appeared before the the judge and he said his uh, plea was he'd taken a few drugs earlier that day, <laughs> a few drugs, and uh, <laughs> asked for leniency. <laughs> so he's going to mm. get sentenced on March the second. At least he can. Uh, he'll improve his craps, craps, and uh, blackjack you skills, so. card skills in the yeah. in the pokey. Yeah, so maybe they'll maybe yeah, they'll teach him something. Yeah, exactly. They'll learn some tricks and tips. They'll probably learn how to tattoo. I mean, so he <laughs> might multifaceted. Maybe he'll tattoo like Trump on his neck, like the guy like, like Goober Goober Williams. Goober. Yeah. Uh, did you have one? Yeah, yeah. Um, coming back to y'all's uh, common theme of squirrel nightmares. No, uh, I don't know if you heard of this or not, but in uh, the Hague and uh, Holland and Western Netherlands, um, this Dutch city spent a hundred twenty pound or 120,000 euros to build the squirrel bridge what they built this bridge no. over a busy section of highway so <laughs> squirrels could safely cross the road no so um i like for the squirrel in our house to cross the rainbow bridge yeah you, you guys have to you guys will have to check check this out anyway they built it in um the bridge. they built it in 2012 um so mm. you know celebrating its fifth anniversary they actually installed um, live stream cams and traffic cams there so they could monitor the squirrel activity. Mm. Um, out of the five years that it's been up, um, five squirrels have actually used it. <laughs> so. so how much is that in, in like, ours? Um, they tell people? Or it's like, a hundred, I think it's $150,000, 160000 So, But, um, yeah, so that works out to be about 23,400 uh, <laughs> euros uh, per squirrel oh that they gosh. built. So. Um, <laughs> I guess squirrel oh. deaths are still happening on this uh, busy section of highway. <laughs> so I feel like you could build a squirrel sanctuary for that. You, oh yeah, I you would prob- build prob- it in my attic for that right. much money. You probably could have an, uh, a a squirrel refugee program <laughs> to an acorn park. You know, for for that. Well, they so. couldn't get a visa, so that probably. Well, well. And, but in Netherlands, I think they probably could. You think so? so? Yeah, I'm thinking. But mm. oh man! So anyway, that was uh, the. I remember reading this article about last year, so I was like, I saved it till now. It's kind of apropos with this, hey, the squirrel perfect. mess. Hey, you did great. Good job on that. Um, speaking of not having a good good idea, this is also from the Huffington Post. There's no slithering around this one. Uh, the The title is "Inside Your Earlobe Is a Terrible Place to Keep 
a snake. Yeah, what? I would, I would, I would I think that. I saw that today on Facebook. What? Source of all my news. The <laughs> Just on the Facebooks. There's no slithering around this one. An Oregon woman found herself in the emergency room last week after her pet ball python got himself stuck in her gauged earlobe. Ashley Goss wow. said that she was holding the snake named Bart when she decided when he decided to dive into the hole of her ear. I'm glad it wasn't somewhere else. Uh, I tried to get him out myself, she told CNN, and I knew that it wasn't going to be able to do it without hurting him by pulling him back against his scales. Um, medical professionals numb the area, applied lube, and squeezed that pet reptile out of the hole in her ear. Bart, of course, acted like nothing ever happened. I hate when people do that. So rude. Uh, Glaw, uh, the person who had the snake in her ear. Glaw? Glaw is her last name, yeah. Has since been enjoying her 15 minutes of fame, sharing media accounts on her story on social media. Her original post to Facebook has gone viral, creating over 32,000 shares. So if you look at an actual picture of her, like you see that, oh, God, it's so gross. And then, but her her tweets have all, like, way too many hashtags. So I've got two things I want to talk about. This One is just the, the, the python in your ear. Why? And then, two, like, there's way too many hashtags on a tweet. I want to talk about why do people celebrate their their idiocracy? Like she's like proud to be an idiot and going viral for it, you know, for fifteen yeah. minutes. So everyone's oh. everyone's now going to look at her as the the snake hole, the stupid snake hole, Here's ear a hole, stupid girl. But, but so. look at like why? For, first, why would you have a snake? Can we talk about old no shoulders? <laughs> like old Satan's little hand puppet? Yeah, like Satan that, minion. That, that, I hate snakes. Why would why would anyone? Here's my rule on on life. I'll never own a pet that can eat me or kill me. Like I, I just won't do it. That's just anybody that does it is stupid. Well, I guess th- this is the second woman in history that the snake is tempted into. Oh, yeah. better not go there. Better not go there. <laughs> <laughs> if only she took that picture with an apple in her hand, that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's. Like, Why do we celebrate idiocracy? I I keep going back to that because I think that's what people do now. They just try to go out and make the most stupid videos so they can try to become a, a fifteen minute pop, yeah. you know, YouTube star. Well, we're we're hoping we go viral. Yeah, we, I guess but we need like to start doing snake. some stupid stunts. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I guess it could be something worse. I mean, it could be like a, nope. a tapeworm. Nope. Nope. I would rather have a tapeworm than a snake. A parasitic tumor or something like that. You know, because at least uh, like I'm not trying to go out and like hang on to it you know like hey here's yeah. my buddy a tapeworm like that's just disgusting well oh bart and then tweets like can we not can we stop with all the hashtags i mean what what were some of the hashtags uh well it's probably like hashtag get me on ellen here it is <laughs> by Steve far Harvey. by far one of my cra- hashtag craziest life moments <laughs> when i went to the hashtag emergency room because my hashtag ball python hashtag python hashtag snake decided to get hashtag stuck in my hashtag gauge Gauged earlobe. Whoa, almost messed up on that one. Hashtag silly snake. Hashtag gauged ears. Hashtag gauges. Hashtag snake lover. Hashtag snakes like gauged ears. Hashtag WTF. Hashtag never heard of. Hashtag never thought of. Hashtag wow. Hashtag OMG. Hashtag gotta love him. Hashtag I love him. She she maximized like, the 140, char- 140 or 144 characters on that. Like, all out of that. Maybe like you have four letters well, that are actually not just to think she's probably genius though on that because think how many markets how many genres she just covered she covered snake lovers mm-hmm. the piercing people 
the people, who, people who like emergency rooms, doctors, <laughs> you know, I mean, just God bless a bear. So maybe, mm. man, maybe she's smarter than all of us. Maybe, so. maybe we just gotta, we go. just gotta start hash, hash browning it. So <laughs> everywhere yes. we go. Hash, t- hash brown. All right. Well, speaking of crazy, let's go into uh, some of your political, political fodder. My political fodder. <laughs> So you know some of this hysteria that uh, over this immigration ban. I think there's mm. I think there's a lot of falsehoods out there. The narrative is kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of a little off. I think hashtag you think hashtag uh, narrative. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we're going to try to dispel some of those uh, myths and facts and just straight out lies. So yeah. And once again, this is this is perspective. This is just uh, perspective from doing a little research today. And uh, you know what's a pretty amazing is that you can actually pull up any executive order, any house bill, uh, any law that's passed on the interwebs, mm-hmm. you can actually read it for yourself. No. Yeah. So you don't have to have your uh, crazy Uncle Carl who voted for <laughs> uh, the Green Party candidate from 1967 who, uh, yeah, who, who voted for, like, uh, internment of everyone in America. <laughs> you don't have to rely on them to interpret the bill for you. You can actually go and, uh, you know, it's right there. Yeah, so, imagine that. Yeah, so I, I encourage everyone to actually go back and reread the executive order because uh, I don't know about you, but my Facebook, I had to turn my Facebook off this past Ooh. weekend. Oh, yeah. All it was was everyone coming, coming, coming. I mean, and it, it, for both sides. Yeah, it, so. it's ridiculous. Can People, can you just stop being lazy and do your own research? Well, you know what? I think also what, what, what burns me up more is that it's false virtue. Because and what I mean by that is that yeah, people standing up for like, uh, I'm an immigrant or we are all immigrants. Hashtag. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the, the false virtue of like, okay, I'm going to stand up for this this sector of a, a group of people. Mm-hmm. But where were you last year? Yep. Where were you the year before? Mm-hmm. Um, and let's get, we'll give a little context to this. Um, now, once again, this is my opinions and my opinions are not, you know, maybe not necessarily big. And so any <laughs> hate mail, any hate mail you can. Send to me, that's fine. <laughs> um, but we've destabilized these countries. Mm. If you look at the seven countries that were actually on the list, we've actually destabilized them. Mm. Um, actually, a um, little f- uh, food for fodder, Syria. Um, there's a lot of talk about Syria. Um, Syria, actually, uh, 2016, Obama spent um, pretty much the whole year uh, dropping bombs. Actually, he dropped a bomb every 20 minutes in Syria. Every 20 minutes from two thousand from January 1st to December 31st, he actually dropped a bomb every 20 minutes. January 1st to December 31st, for one whole year. For one whole year. Dropped bombs every 20 minutes. Every 20, every 20 minutes a bomb was dropped on Syria or Libya. Is that like an F-bomb or something that he's... <laughs> you know, that would have been much kinder. So, <laughs> um, But, Sir, you know, like I said, a little contextual history about Syria. We'll take Syria, for example. Syria was a, a secular country. Yes, it was predominantly Muslim, but they also had a Syrian Christians. They also had several other sectors of Christianity, Christianity and Islam. But it's a very westernized cultural um, uh, country. And I, I mean, some of the oldest sites in the world, heritage sites from the mm-hmm. UN, are actually in Syria. Um, in fact, like uh, 
I can't remember the capital name of Syria, but they have the the citadel there. The citadel has been used by hundred, you know, thousands of years now, and um, still standing. And uh, but we've came in there and destabilized the eastern part of uh, of Syria. Um, we pretty much have bombed these people back into the Stone Age, and uh, and and I understand some some of the reasonings because uh, of the radicalization of ISIS and how they were moving and actually, you know, entrapping whole populations. Mm. So I do understand that, but, but we've caused this massive migration. Um, you know, and most of the people have actually left and went to, to, uh, Western Europe because mm-hmm. there was, I guess it's a little more easily obtainable. Yeah. So, but you know, the seven countries, uh, just in case you guys want to read the seven countries are mentioned are Iraq, Iran, Somalia, Yemen, Libya, Syria, and Sudan. And what's the one common theme between these all, all seven on this list? You know, um, Trump does not have any dealings with those countries. <laughs> oh, well, actually, these seven countries are actually—they uh, all have the letter E. Pretty much. Um, actually, 2015, um, Obama and Congress actually passed a law uh, recognizing these seven. Co- I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Actually, 2015 recognized these seven countries as potential questionable threats. Um, reason why these countries were questionable threat, uh, uh, threats with their citizens is because they don't have a strong centralized government hmm. to actually fully vet their citizens. Uh, okay. So the, that makes sense. Yeah. For example, in Syria, where you have half the country controlled by ISIS and the other half controlled by a government that's pretty much falling apart, hmm. it's kind of hard to keep your uh, your visa passport program intact. Right. So um, that's the reason why these seven countries outlined by Obama in 2013, Obama did suspend all refugees from Iraq, uh, from Iraq for six months. Now these, for these six months, part of these, uh, Iraqi citizens are actually banned from coming here as war refugees. Once again, we were actually in Iraq or Kurds, you know, Iraqi Kurds, which, hmm. uh, is a favorite, uh, target for ISIS and Al Qaeda. Um, also Iraqi Christians. And Yazidi, yeah. the Yazidis. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the Yazidis. We had not, we had a full opportunity in 2016 or yeah 2015-16 to actually rescue over 20,000 Yazidis, but instead um, that's just a fun word to say. But instead, we allowed um, uh, the uh, ISIS to entrap these guys on the top of a mountain hill and just absolutely slaughtered them. Hmm. So, where's the virtue in that? Where was the virtue cry for uh, for this? Right. I, I don't think it was there, but. Um, like I said, 2013, 2015, and then also um, in 2016, Jay Johnson, uh, National Security Advisor, actually expanded the restrictions to other countries. Hmm. So, anyway. so what are some of the falsehoods on the immigration law? Well, obviously, it's not a Muslim ban. Right. In fact, it, it even makes it more open to everybody. It's not a Muslim ban, but it's just it's just saying, hey, everybody, it's it's more open. We're not discriminating, or we're not putting favors on anybody that has a special religion on it. So it's not, it's just saying, Hey, everybody's welcome instead of just, we're going to, you know, prefer Muslims to come in or whatever. Right. You know, and the, the thing about granted, these countries have one common thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're Muslim, but it's not, it's not that because there's 33 other majority Muslim countries in Mm -hmm. the world. And we, we've only eliminated six for right Right. now. It's actually only a 90 or 120 day ban, I think. So, um, well, I think Syria is the one that's saying it's indefinite until they yeah, until they get their out. stuff together. Yeah, yeah. And it probably and also, I mean, Yemen should be right there along with them then, because or Somalia too, because you know, Somalia hasn't had a, a nationalized government and you know since Black Hawk Down movie came out. So yeah. I mean, Yemen, yeah, 
Yemen is uh, Yemen. Yemen has had destabilization two years ago. So, yeah, but um, th- this is all stuff that's been perpetrated for years now. Yeah. All of a sudden, Trump is not the yeah the order of all this disorder. Yeah, so. and, and I think uh, I think I think you can trace it all back to the crazies that were in Kentucky. Going back to every crazy news happened to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. But that was the original ban with the Iraqis were some two guys that were Iraqi refugees right. in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. All crazy news. Kentucky oh, or Florida, man. And from what I understand, Trump like just said, here's the law. Uh, we're going to lay it down now is so that people couldn't come into the country. If you're going to say, hey, in four months, we're going to have this, you know, updated list of, of trying to get into the country. Right. And so he's just like, let's go ahead and do it now and not not give anybody pre-warning of actually yeah, I, I just looked it up it's actually 60 days is the uh, vetting process extra 60 days is, okay it's called extreme vetting um for these for these seven countries now go back to uh i, I i'm sure um I, I saw the faults left win when you know obama or uh, trump issues the executive order immigration halt for these seven and then all of a sudden a couple hours later here uh, a court federal court judge has issued a stop in that well actually it's not that's not correct. Um, the judge's name is Ann Donnelly. She's from New York. Um, she was also a contributor to the Hillary Rodham Clinton hmm. campaign. Um, but the ruling only, ruling only applies to um, the visa holders that were actually in transit or people sitting at airports. It actually only affected less than 300 people. Hmm. So it wasn't this tremendous win that everyone was trying to promote um, yeah. as, you know, oh. Everybody's stuck in a, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, – and even in that, like that day, that's when Delta like had major computer crashes. Yeah. So that only contributed to the right. Hysteria. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but the ruling stopped short, and I, I'm sure probably part of the reason why the ruling stopped short was I'm sure she didn't want blood on her hands just in case something. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, she'd, oh, be, yeah. she'd be known forever as the judge who let someone in. Mm, so yeah, I think she stopped for that. But um, you know, like I said, there's there's ten uh, there's. The, the, these seven yeah. countries don't even—they don't even rake up there in the top ten of the most populated is, uh, Muslim countries. Yeah. I mean, Indonesia's up there, number one, and that's not an Arabic country. Yeah. So, um, I think just people are just not—they're not. Once again, they—they they don't even click an article. They—they they read the clickbait yeah. title and don't even click the article. Yeah. I think exactly. that's—I think that's what we've kind of gotten to, and uh, they make assumptions about it. But um, also, when I was kind of. Further, further reading today is that um, the uh, Pew Research or poll. Oh, I thought you were talking about that. I did take a shower today. Pew, Z, uh, Pew Zogby um, and another couple other poll people or groups, they actually went to Syria and started um, polling the Syrians. And actually 21% of Syrians actually um, sympathize with ISIS. Hmm. And so, well, yeah. so I you take that however you want. Uh, yeah. So, um, also, just another fa- fun fact. Um, <laughs> fun facts today. Yeah, Two thirds of the uh, Syrians and also other uh, uh, immigrants or uh, refu- refugees mm-hmm. with uh, are going to Germany and France right now. Two thirds of them cannot even they're they're actually illiterate of their own language. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have a problem of uh, Two types of languages that don't commingle. Mm-hmm. To this becomes now a burden, extreme mm-hmm. burden. Yeah. To you know to get these guys to or you know boys, girls, men, women to mm-hmm. actually somehow assimilate to their culture. Yeah. So, um, 
I just found I found that fascinating just because that's a huge expense. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing, um, for every person that we resettle here, mm-hmm. we can actually help twelve people overseas, twelve twelve refugees there. So, for example, um, you know, if we take someone from from uh, Syria, mm-hmm. by the time we come get them over here, do the vetting, pay for their airline, get them resettled into a community such as Dearborn, Michigan, which is mm-hmm. one of the largest uh, refugee resettlements in all of America. Um, by the time we set them up on entitlements, by the time we do this, by mm-hmm. you know, food, right, housing, right, we can actually help 12 people overseas. Hmm. Um, for example, Saudi Arabia has taken zero refugees. United Arab Emirates, zero. The list goes on gutter, zero. So, but yeah, actually, Saudi actually came out. Um, Trump actually has, is going to have them create safe zones, hmm. which would basically be tent cities. So, yeah. But we can resettle so many people over there. Yeah. You know, which may not be a bad idea. So, any thoughts from you? All good history lesson. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know. I think my my main takeaway on on all of this is just do your own research. Um, you oh, may or may not agree with uh, where we stand on that, but but we all have to do our own research. We all have to look at the actual uh, article and not just assume that 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 Facebook headline is correct. Um, I think you would even agree with, with that piece. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just hard because um, even doing your own research, I mean, the media is mm-hmm. so subjective. So I think just being aware of where you're getting your news from and the, I mean, we all have biases. So yeah. whether it's leaning left or crazy left or crazy right, but just realizing that it's got a spin to it and we probably will never know the 100% truth. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. And you were telling me about a website this past week about trying to find new sources that are, well, at least it'll tell you like left, right. Yeah, I think it's allsides.com, and it'll it takes like issues in the media, especially ones that are like highly um, publicized and highly polarized. Like that's what they take pay attention to. So immigration stuff, perfect example. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of pull together and say like, here's kind of the articles from mainstream conserv- conservative, mm-hmm. um, kind of more middle of the road, more liberal, and they kind of rate the news source as if they're more centered. A little left, far left, a little right, far right. So hmm. it's just kind of interesting. So it's always interesting to read what the other side's thinking. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. Especially you could probably have the same title or the same story, you know, three different titles. Yeah. yeah and it's so sensationalized. I think <coughs> we like, I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about it all the time. We like to be offended. Oh, yeah. We like to get up in arms about something and our social media activism. I mean, it can do stuff, but I mean, it's not really in my mind where the rubber meets the mo- mo- Rubber meets the road right. and it'll change. So you know, and I actually reached out, reached out to Shweb, our, mm. our friend, yeah. a U.S. veteran um, and a Muslim uh, from Algeria, and he, he he'd go back and look at our podcast catalog and check out our interview with him. I asked him his take, just mm-hmm. out of curiosity, um, you know, unfiltered, raw, right? And his opinion was that the extreme vetting needs to happen, mm. and uh, because he, just like he said, is that. Um, Western civilization could be attacked. I mean, he and he actually pointed out if you guys look at uh, look at certain countries like uh, uh, Belgium mm-hmm. has taken yeah. a huge influx, yeah. and France and Germany and actually Sweden. Uh, Sweden's actually in a crisis right now because uh, the whole t- whole towns they've dedicated to so many refugees now that it's become no go no go zones, which is kind of a taboo thing. But in mm. um, Schwab actually has family who lives in some of those countries so oh, he can wow. actually relate. So, um, but he's, he's even scared of the possibility of just un, 
just hordes of people coming in unchecked. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just so tough. Like when you think about, I mean, having read some people's accounts that have been refugees in the vetting process, I mean, it seemed pretty extreme to me. You know, on average, it's two years or more that they go through the vetting process already. But how do you vet someone that is from Syria that just left? You know, under the cover of night, five people in the trunk of a car, like. They don't have passports. They don't have centralized government. I think that's just, Yeah. I mean, I would not want that logistical challenge. No, and, you know, and as a Christian, because uh, that's been the common theme also mm-hmm. on Facebook this past week. Totally. Is what would Christ do? Or, you know, these articles right. of, you know, uh, and, I, and I've, I'm right there, you know, and I'm of the belief too, you know, we've got to help everyone around us, you know, right. and uh, in our, our, our backyards. But, you know, we do have to help. And I understand that, but don't... <laughs> Don't throw that in her face because, you know, I think that, once again, that's a, that's another false virtue signaling is because these are the same people that probably pass up the person who's sitting on the curb with no mm-hmm. legs, yeah. holding a coin, holding a you know, cup out one a few loose change. And now we're decrying that just because we mm. won't go overseas and help someone that we're evil. So uh, you know, that just, I, I think that's kind of a height of hypocrisy in a way. So I just, I implore people just to kind of search your own heart. Yeah. Um, and it's that social media activism. Like I can post a link or I can post an article, you yeah. know, about what we should be doing. But you know, do you know am, am I, that... Yeah, am I doing it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I am. And anyone, you're more than welcome to contact me through Facebook. I've actually contacted the local uh, mosque here, and they actually have a refugee program. Yeah. I'll be more than happy to put you in touch with the mosque and talk mm-hmm. to the imam there if you'd like to house a, a refugee family once they get here. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they'll be more than happy to set you up with that. Um, and also, there's another organization here, too. It's a private organization that does the same thing. I've recontacted them and mm-hmm. talked to them a little bit. So anybody out there that's they feel led mm-hmm. totally. to, to do this, I, I implore you to contact us through our Facebook page or the Twitters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, please, I'll get you in touch with either one of these organizations. They're fine organizations, yeah. what, I, what I tell. So yeah. yeah, Charlotte has a huge, like, Carolina Refugee Resettlement Agency. Yeah. And that, that really, to me, is, like, where the rubber meets the road, you know driving people to job interviews or helping them navigate mm-hmm. certain systems or well, they can go to Starbucks now <laughs> after Howard Schultz uh, announced he was on high 10,000. Mm. And, and also too, just to point out, if you do want to get a hold of us, it's SFP radio at gmail.com. So you can always get us, get a hold of us from, from that. There's 10 ways to get a hold of us. So <laughs> yeah, no excuses, people. All right. So, um, I think we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk to my lovely bride and uh, get to know a little bit more about some love. Woo-hoo. All right, so we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, with the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey, summer is made for grilling and chilling, and even when it's 70 degrees in February, you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is a perfect match for your favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order. And if you want to be a bad pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit badmothersmokers.com to get yours today. Love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage, love and marriage It's an instant 
substitutes you can't disparage ask the local gentry and they will say it's elementary all right we're back and this is the southern fried philosophy podcast my question is what the heck is a local gentry anyway I have no idea. Local gentry is a well-born, genteel, well-bred people of high social class. It's kind of like us. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Gentries. Hashtag gentries. So I'm going to interview uh, Mojo's wife, Kimberly, and then you're going to interview my wife, uh, Jess, so uh, we can we can round robin this thing if you want. Man, we may need some therapy after this. <laughs> Where's Megan Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> or addiction specialist Mackie Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess my baby's addicted to me. Um Kimberly, how did you guys meet? We met in church. Oh, nice. Uh, no, you got the first two letters right. It was Chippendales. <laughs> well, we met in church. However, we um, apparently our parents knew each other when we were babies, but Ooh. we never knew each other. Yes, they went on vacation together. Um, however, we met when we were 19 at church I visited with my cousin. Nice. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Thanks for keeping yes. it clean. <laughs> well, I could give the real, like what happened the time that you asked for my number, but you know, he uh, recalls the story differently. Well, you might as, you might as well. So go ahead. Since you already let the cat out of the bag. So he, um, had gone through all this trouble to ask my cousin to ask her mother-in-law to call me and see if I was going to this concert the youth group was supposed to be going to. Like, all this incognito stuff to try to find out if I was going. Nice. That's how a a player plays. Sounds like pre-Facebook stalking. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, so I said, yeah, that was before Facebook, so obviously there was other ways to stalk. So, of course, you know, I finally said I was going. And I went to the concert and get on the bus, and guess who's there with another girl? Ooh. All right, that's Brandon. Oh, Mojo, or Mr. Mojo. Um, Magic Mojo to you. <laughs> XXL? Yeah. Yeah. So, but not only did he go to the concert with this girl, when he goes to get off the bus, he asks for my phone number. You dog. Well, I saw that it was going yes. nowhere with the other girl. You gotta so I was have like, options. Yeah, I was like... So let me get this right. Your first date, it was like a triple option? Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, wow. I called, yeah, I called the flea flicker. So. <laughs> yeah. He was nice. keeping his options open at that time. Oh, my gosh. He yes. didn't get to have them open too but long you know, after six but, weeks later you know, he proposed. Yeah. <laughs> but you know I mean, he had a whopping six weeks. See, I can't get a word in. This has been for 20 years. So, no, but, you know, the first time I saw her, I, was, I told, went home and told my best friend. I was like, I saw the girl I'm going to marry tonight. Mm. So. Nice. And then I got stuck. And I told my friends the same thing that night because um, I was going You're mesmerized to a friend's um, overnight party and literally told them, uh, hey, guys, I met the guy I'm going to marry tonight. So. Was it Stephen Curtis Chapman at the time? <laughs> she said, well, I, I saw the guy I'm going to marry tonight, and then that guy died. So then I was the follow-up. <laughs> he was on stage. <laughs> nice. There you go. All right. And that's the result of that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Jess, now obviously you asked the question how uh, how did you guys meet? It's a bit of a complicated story, <laughs> but not complicated story. And there's probably different versions depending on when you ask the question in our life. But short answer, 
I lived in Georgia. That's where I grew up and was planning to go to school in Kentucky. And this was like back in the heyday of AOL. You've got oh, dial-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the AOL message boards, mm-hmm. is that what they called? Yeah. Precursor to MySpace, totally dating ourselves. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so I posted, was in the chat room that, I, I don't know, I was going to be going to school in Kentucky and saw that JT was in there um, and was lived in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell, like, your part of the story? Yeah, so my, my fr- friend uh, from uh, Webmarized, he's one of my best friends and he uh he's like hey i want you to come into this chat room it was the chat rooms because he would always go in and just try to um it was like uh, a christian team christian yeah one and he would so be that was like, the only safe chat room to be on in early 2000s and his game was he'd go in there and just say hey i don't believe in god or like uh like he, he would like just get people riled up <laughs> he was trolling before trolling he, was he a was thing a troll, you're right he was trolling such a troll yeah and so that's what uh that's what happened and, and she was in there and was like hey i live in kentucky blah 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 so that's kind of how that happened yeah so we started emailing and then we like finally you know bought enough calling cards or whatever to yes. call each other long distance god <laughs> this sounds like we are so ancient um <laughs> Yeah, did you use the pay phones and, and then stuff? No. um like my first weekend cards. in kentucky yeah. i decided that um as a brand new 18 year old girl i should drive to this stranger i met on the internet's house to meet him <laughs> and i'm so, still so you know um clueless and gullible. just yeah gullible and just believes the best in everyone um, until you prove me wrong. And I was sitting at the red light because there's like, you know, 23 red lights mm-hmm. in this tiny little Kentucky town that JT lived in. Sitting at the red turn air thinking, oh my gosh, I hope this guy's not an axe murderer. <laughs> and the rest is history. And that's how we do. So uh, what's his name from uh, To Catch a Predator? Did, did not <laughs> yeah. Hey there, are you doing laundry? <laughs> Um, so Kim, you kind of answered the question, but my question to you, Kimberly, sorry, is what was the first thing that uh, you thought when you saw Mojo? Um, I, I, I can, I can answer this for you. No, no, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is what sexy beast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, I, I mean, I literally, you know, it was just, he had given his testimony. I was blown away by that because it was just kind of cool to have somebody that young be able to stand up and be that confident and then um just after meeting him i literally went home and said that i was going to marry him so i mean it was pretty cut and dried i feel like this episode is brought to you by like christian youth group (laughs) (laughs) christiansingles.com next week will be farmers only (laughs) i mean and we pretty much got it you know nail on the head because six weeks later we were engaged whoa that quick Yep. Holy. And we were married that same year. So no hey. way. Hey, hey. Yeah. You got to, you, you, you know, being that young and dumb mm. and, you know. <laughs> like, sure, why lust. not? <laughs> Just burning with lust. You know? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so I didn't want to break the old Galatians 5, 6, whatever. So, <laughs> so uh, Jess, uh, what's been the best part? All right. So the best thing. Yeah, what's, what's been the best part? How, how long have you guys been married again? We've been married for 12 years. <laughs> it took her a second. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, we just hit 12, so okay. it was well, like Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. It was like we just had a birthday. So, so yeah. So, Austin, when was that? So, January 1st. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, that's because I can always remember that one, right? Is yeah, that's, my birthday. Yeah, 1-1. Or, yeah, 1-1. Yeah. One, one, got it. So, uh, so what's what's been the best part of being married for 12 years? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, I'm, I'm sure it's not been on cake and... 
unicorns Ice cream, and rainbows. Unicorn, yeah, rain, unicorn farts and everything. So. Yeah. I wish I had some cake right now. So. I know. Um, I, I think it's hard just to say like one singular thing, but um, <coughs> I think we got married. Well, I was pretty young. JT was somewhat young, not not as the young as man. you guys. Robbing the cradle. Yeah, the married are. an old man. Uh, <laughs> but kind of just transitioned like straight out of college into married like grown up ish life and uh, kid to adult yeah overnight um but I I think it's been good that like I feel like we've grown up together um and Mm. you know you guys have been married long enough too to see how people kind of take two paths either they figure out how to grow with each other Mm -hmm. or just kind of grow apart and figure out that they need to find themselves outside of that relationship so I think for us we've kind of always managed to you know, figure out how to grow together. And, you know, sometimes it's another person that's growing or going through something um, and being there to support the other. But um, I think that's been the best part is mm-hmm. kind of evolving together and feeling like we're better people individually, but then collectively as a couple. Yeah, you guys are a pretty good power couple, though. I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah. We say we're Team Pat. Yeah. Pretty much. We branded I mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Hash Brown. Yeah, um, I mean, first first time we met you guys, I mean, it was it was a collective package. You know, it wasn't individual. So it helps when you have the first names are the same letter. <laughs> J J. Think about that. J and J. That helps. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the older we get, the more we're alike in some ways, but also like just figuring out who we are individually, and we're pretty opposite in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. A lot. It's like. After and and what blows my mind is after being married to you for twelve years, like there's still things I'm like I had no idea. Dude, I'm still finding out stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm you want the toilet paper like that the away? Pinball, I mean, the pinball machine. You yeah, I had no rocks. idea you loved pinball. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> Pinky's West Side Girl, dude, yeah. was all over the Lord of the Rings pinball like a total nerd. Like, mom, give me another quarter. That's awesome. All right, so my question to Kimberly is, what's been the funnest moment of your marriage? Funnest. Let's the just most go with fun. that. Okay. The funnest, most fun moment of our marriage. Probably nearly dying. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It was, not, it, it was definitely not when he had his heart transplant. I can go ahead and give you that one, just okay. in case you're wondering. Um, it was not that, not that one at all. Um, funnest. Um, or most funnest. I don't. Or mo- most funnest, the most funnest. I mean, honestly, like, it's do we have a grammatical not... check on this? No. Okay. Uh, I don't feel like it's any like one like big huge like moment. I think it's a lot of the little things accumulated. Like, mm-hmm. it sometimes I feel like it's just some of the little like the little moments that we just catch ourselves just like laughing at something stupid he's done. Like until we can't breathe. Like accumulated with like just having tickle time in the middle of the floor with the girls or like porno, I mean, I'm porno. glad she clarified there also uh <laughs> yeah porno yeah. Goat, porno goats yeah not the porno version Por- um, no no porno goats you remember that porno sheep the porno sheep oh my god that was hilarious and it still, still cracks like, me up yeah. oh porno sheep and um what is that uh, yeah you gotta the, you gotta do that because i can't the, do it. the the candlesticks the um <laughs> No. <laughs> the porno candlestick. Oh my god, that's like Team McNeely inside joke <laughs> moment right not now. Por- not porno candlestick candlesticks. But. No, the um, uh, murder the murderer candlestick. The clue, you know the uh, you know the board game uh, Clue. Yeah. Right. Well, this chick right here on the phone, like one day we had the you know we got like twenty seven sets of uh, uh, 
egg relish plates, you know, deviled egg plates. And then we got like 27 candles, you know, candlestick base holders for when we got married. So like some of them were like super large, some of them were super small. So this chick like grabs one day and she goes the, like the large one and she goes, I did it in the kitchen with the candlestick. And then she grabs a little one. She's like, I did it in the kitchen with the candlestick. And we cracked, we, we died laughing over that for, for years. Oh, wow. And then one night we're just like, we're probably, I don't know how long we've been married, probably about a year or something. And, um, some about porno sheep and she started like, you gotta, it was, you gotta do the it voice. Was who let, it was, um, he, he was being stupid. It's when the song, um, who let the dogs out yeah. came out. <laughs> and, um, um, and so I was making fun of him, making fun of me, making fun of the song. Um, it was a whole process. So he started making other animal noises and all of a sudden, like he was making fun of the song and making animals. And I was like, who let the sheep out? Bah, 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 bah. And ever since then, like that's the porno sheep. You so, said, yeah. You said it a little more seductively than that, but yeah. Yeah. It was like, but yeah, on the phone, that feels weird. Just doing that. <laughs> you feel dirty. It was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and there came the porno I'm sheep. I'm seeing like a Marilyn Monroe porno sheep. I'm with you, Kimberly. It, yeah. Yeah. It that... kind of was. Um, I didn't have a cold at the time either. So, you know, that made it even better. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the fun is in the little moments, like honestly, I and mean, you put all those together and that's what, I think the fun helps the hard moments. Like, you know, we've had a lot of hard moments, so I think having the fun in between kind of helps yeah. make those a little easier. I'm glad you didn't bring out the, back, the, back, uh, the bagpipes in the surgery moment. So I'm glad you didn't bring that oh, up. Oh yeah, no, that would not be a good one to bring up. <laughs> that is like not rated for the air. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> we'll get we'll get in trouble with the FCC. <laughs> or no, we should the market E on our podcast. Oh, so. gotcha. Yeah. The FCC, the FBI, the CIA, any more letters for me. Yeah, here you go. This is not DX. four. That's <laughs> <DX> four. <laughs> yeah. Might be checked by the Department of Health. That's awesome. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing moment as a couple? There's got to be one. There's definitely one that will not make the podcast cut <laughs> that involves a botanical garden. Oh, gosh. And someone having to take a crap in the woods <laughs> <laughs> that will remain anonymous. That We won't tell that story. I got you. Um, I think one I've of been the, there. I've been there. But not in a botanical garden. Dude. So. You don't even know. <laughs> I mean, JT doesn't even know. <laughs> that was a bonding moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the funniest moments that... Was that a question? Yeah, well, oh, as like a couple? The, yeah, or most uh, embarrassing moment yeah, as a couple. Uh, oh. I, I think one of them is uh, when we just moved into our old new house. So the first house that we built here in Concord. Um, we were just like exhausted from moving. We were so excited to have our first meal in the house and it wasn't even like the first home cooked meal. It was like, Hey, go to Bojangles and buy a tailgate box. You know, like we're going to do it up on the paper plates with the fake mashed potatoes and gravy Mm -hmm. and fried chicken. And, um, we sat down at our dining room table and JT's dad was out there. Papa Biggin, uh, (laughs) was there with us. He'd helped us move and JT sat down and apparently in the moving and stuff, the, 
chair had kind of the the brace had come loose. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for being so nice. On <laughs> so as soon as he sat down, he fell so hard on the floor. <laughs> it was like a cartoon. He was sitting <laughs> like table height, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. sitting on the floor. <laughs> Where did he go? <laughs> and I started laughing. And if you know me, like my laugh is just loud anyway. I could not get it together, and I felt like a total kid at the dinner table with my mom like sending me to my room right, until right. I could get myself together. But I was actually the adult at the table and wanted to send myself to my room because I could not get it together. And JT's dad just had this look of like utter like really on his face. And I was looking at him. I was looking at JT. I could not get it together. And so to to this day, our old dining room table only had five chairs (laughs) because this one was just destroyed. And that was before Bojangles. So yeah, to to be fair, like it, I mean, it, the whole, bottom just fell out and i had my arms on the table and then it like crashed and i was still having my arms on the table i was just like two feet further down you could just see the top of my head so yeah it was a, that was a rough one that bad, was a memorable first meal too bad there weren't camera phones back then oh yeah or well, i guess there was oh it's forever it's probably... in my mind guys <laughs> i don't need a camera phone there you go so my next question to kimberly is what is the worst marriage advice you've ever been given Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. Anything from, never mind, I can't say that because this might go on the air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would not be the right answer to say. Text me what um, you're going to say because I want to know. <laughs> I want to know too. <laughs> um, the worst marital advice I got, well, honestly, because um, uh, his parent, his mom didn't want us to get married um, up front. <laughs> And um, a lot of people just kind of. Well, she's, she's not. Fair. She's not into women of the night. You know, ladies of ill repute. So. Oh no. <laughs> Rude. Um, <laughs> um. So we did not advice per se, but um, we did have a lot of people that really questioned um, if we would make it like mm. X amount of time. You guys so had like an over under bet. Yeah, we need a pool. I should have been on the pool on that one. Well, we had like, you know, quite a few people like would be like, yeah, we'll see if y'all make it past four years. I mean, we were 19, like, or I was 20 and he was 19. And, mm. you know, we had a lot Mrs. of people Robinson. that were like very negative. So a lot of people didn't try to give us good advice. They just tried to tell us not to get married. <laughs> that was their advice. The, the worst and, marriage advice you ever got was don't get married. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, out, pretty no much covers it all. Uh, but it just. Um, that was probably the worst advice because, you know, I wouldn't trade the last 20 years ups, downs, good, bad for anything. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of people that were extremely against us getting married that young or getting married at all. And, um, so I would say that would probably have to be my worst marital advice. All right. That's good. Don't get married. Got it. (laughs) Check. (laughs) So I guess our next show will be the divorce show. So. <laughs> All right, Jess, uh, any uh, parting advice, any words of wisdom? Because, you know, spring is around the corner. Yeah. And uh, we have ring by wedding, spring. wedding, yeah, wedding, wedding season coming about. So um, any, any good advice out there for the young ladies and young mm-hmm. men out there about to tie the knot? Don't get married. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Just kidding. Well done. Um. Man, I feel like that's a hard one. Um, But I think just um, always try to be each other's best cheerleader. Like, I think it's real easy to be 
the critic, but um, like be the person that that says, "Yeah, you can do it," and mm. um, cheer them on, and really try to bring out the best in the person. I don't know. It sounds kind of cliche, but no, that's I think it's good. But being you know knowing like as as um, the wife, like knowing that JT is like my number one fan, biggest cheerleader. Um, I don't know. It just brings like a lot of support and like, oh yeah, maybe I I can take that on or seeing the best in me or, you know, it's, it's real easy to see the other person's faults when you live with them. And, mm. you know, they're crazy things like leaving the toilet seat up, just drive you bananas. <laughs> um, but trying to find out the things that maybe they can't even see in themselves and helping them see that and just cheering them on. All right, uh, Kimberly, here's my last question. And it's, it's kind of similar is what, what's a successful marriage look like to you? Um, one that like that sticks it out, like that mm. doesn't just say their vows, but means their vows. Um, I think you have to go into it, um, knowing that you can't just say that you're going to take the bad with the good. You have to imagine the worst possible thing that could happen mm. and know that you can be with that person through that. Like, I think that that's what makes one successful is it's not just all the fluffy, pretty fun times. I think it's being able to hunker down through the worst of the worst and come out on the other side, um, happier than you were before you went through the bad times. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what successful is to me personally. Um, and to be honest, I could vouch for that (laughs) formula. Um, because you know we definitely have been through the worst of the worst um but i think success is coming out on the other side of those like you can't just go into it i think like a lot of people do with the you know as brandon likes to say it's all unicorn farts and glittery cupcakes and butterflies and rainbows and all Mm -hmm. that stuff um there are those and there's those beautiful like fun moments like i said earlier there's there are those beautiful moments um and those are what makes the family and that's what makes it complete but it's being able to go through the crap mm-hmm. and come out better from it you, yeah. sound, you sound like a, a redneck marital guru <laughs> <laughs> i think one thing that i heard kind of what kimberly is saying that stood out to me like real early in our marriage was someone is like you know the craziest thing is this idea of marriage that you know in essence you're giving over a blank check to someone to say no matter what happens good or bad like you can cash this check i just don't know what i'm writing it to or for Hmm. but that you have this unconditional blank check that you can cash it no matter what that i'm going to be there and i'm going to love you through it and that to me just i mean when you think about it in that terms you're like yeah who would ever give (laughs) a blank check away to someone for life but i mean that's in essence what you're doing and kind of bring some gravity to it like that it isn't just all cupcakes and um, confetti, although those things are fun, but that and it's delicious. Yeah, we need to stop talking about food. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, there's there's beauty there's beauty in brokenness too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you can be broken yeah. down, broken down to your worst moments, uh, individually or as a couple, and there's still beauty in that. Mm-hmm. After you know, once you get through it, I mean, you can't. Sometimes you can't sit in the middle of the the yeah. muck and mire, but at the end of it, I think you can definitely see the beauty in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that you know going back on the whole like I guess advice thing is to in order to make your marriage successful you can listen to everybody's advice you can listen to everybody in the world's input but ultimately you have to be able to build your own path and build your own road together and know 
um, what direction that you want to take um, because nobody else has to, you know, live your life together except for you and your minions if you have minions. And um, I have one beside me right now that's acting a little insane. Um, But I think that, you know, you all the advice in the world doesn't make your marriage. You have to choose that path and make it and um, decide if you're going to stick with it or not. Nice. That's good. Good advice. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. You guys <clears throat> make us the men that we are. So uh, for me, I can just say I, I wouldn't be near the man that I am be- without her. And I love you more than more than I ever thought I could. So oh. thank you so much. Oh, I love you too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Kimberly, the only thing I say is can you call my mom and tell her to go ahead and come pick me up? I'm ready, I'm ready to go. So. <laughs> Pick me up, Mom. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Hashtag so, told you so. <laughs> we're going to play uh, 10 and 1. And, and because we're doing two, we're going to have two minutes. So I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. Kimberly, you'll go first, <laughs> and then Jessica will go second. Um, okay. And then we'll see if we can get those answers in under two minutes. Okay? One minute, one minute. Give me one minute, one minute, one minute. Give me one minute, say you want Favorite hobby. My favorite hobby. I like crafting sometimes. Mm, reading, cooking, okay. napping. I'm all that. Most influential person you've met? Um, most influential? <clears throat> no, no, no. I mean, that's cheesy to say, but like at this point in our lives, like really Brandon has a lot of influence in my life. Like he mm. really does. Well, that's, that's kind but of he's sweet, not playing much. There you go. It was I was going to say um, Jimmy Carter. Okay. Peanut man. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Uh, love in an elevator or crazy in love? Crazy in love. <laughs> Beyonce all day. What, what, what day of the week is it? <laughs> Living it up while you're going down, Kimberly. That's your answer. <laughs> yes. There you go. Okay. So, and you answered crazy in love. Yeah. Uh, next question is uh, favorite romance movie? Lethal Weapon. Um, <laughs> only because like. It's so traumatic every time I watch it. I love the I love the notebook. Yes, but I but I also love 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 crazy stupid love okay. because it's just all over the place. But the notebook every time gets me. Yeah, notebook all the way. Total girl love Nicholas Sparks. No shame in my game. All right, next question. Name a bad habit of your spouse that drives you crazy. Um, how long is the show? <laughs> this is rapid fire. Two minutes. <laughs> oh, crap. Um, he leaves the toilet seat up. Oh, yes. he always misuses lose and loose. And it drives me insane. <laughs> All right. Um, the fact that you take your socks off and leave them right there by the bed and can't walk over and put them in the hamper. That's true. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, finish this sentence. My wedding day was overwhelmingly gorgeous. But it was overwhelming. Okay. My wedding day was, thank goodness, there was no Pinterest or I would have seriously been a bridezilla. <laughs> Next question. Salty or sweet? Together, both. Mm. <laughs> Salty. Sweet. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, is a question that has a follow-up question. Uh, how many times do you shave your legs and how many times should you shave your legs in a week? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Is if it summer or winter? Yes. <laughs> right now. This week. Oh, None this week. <laughs> um, How many times should I? Um, probably none. twice a day. 
<laughs> Twice well, a day. I think you're going to get some electrolysis for Christmas. Hey, Chewbacca. Can't really. I mean, once a day, I should, but in the wintertime, that's not happening. Ever. Yeah. Ever. No, definitely. Look, can I just side, side, side okay, bar you, here? You time out. The biggest thing that drives me nuts is about women is when they only shave knee down. <laughs> yes. And they're wearing a capris. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's like halfway can well, If your upper thighs are really hairy, you probably have bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you take you, she takes the capris off. You still like you still got capris on. I, no, I just didn't shave with it. Oh, yeah, hair capris. <coughs> All right, next question. Uh, your happiest moment ever? When my two girls were born. Okay, that's two moments. <laughs> that's fine. Um, uh, I mean, like wedding day sounds so cliche, but that was really the start of so much. So, my happiest day was when we left Houston. There we go. Boom. Yeah. All right, last question is: What is your spirit food? All of the things. Um, my spirit food is honestly anything chocolate and peanut butter. Mm. Mm. Okay. Like that I could drown in that chocolate peanut butter. Um, my spirit food was probably that dish that we had at that Southern Culture place in Greenville. Greenville mm-hmm. That Brandon hooked us up with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Southern poutine where it was the fries and the gravy and the goat cheese and the egg and all the indulgence ridiculousness. You know how I know that that was one of her favorites because I ordered it and, and she I ate, ate all it. of it. <laughs> yep, nailed yeah. it. I'll just have a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is no yeah. such thing with that woman. Um, I don't think there's any such thing with any woman. Yeah. So. Well, uh, because you are our spouses, you've totally blown past the two minutes, but we'll still give you the win anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. So that's the show. Um, we hope that uh, you enjoy the show and, and hope that you um, just take some time and whoever you love, just love them even more uh, as you go through this. Uh, I hate Valentine's Day, but, you know, it, it is a good reminder that your spouse is your significant other is amazing. So um, thanks again for tuning into the show. Listen to us uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for, for tuning in, and as always, keep it rolling. This and Squirrel the, Patrol. The, this is the Pacifist Exterminating Program. I'm your host, Lionel. <laughs> I think his name was Jason. Um, our guest today is Blaine. Today we're talking about wood. That's Exotic hardwoods. <laughs> exotic. Exotic, yeah. I'm kind of partial to exotic. <coughs> I like the ebonies. Mahogany. Yeah, you want the black. <laughs> Mahogany. Oh. Nope. Sometimes I like a good cherry. <laughs> Uh, I hate those knot holes. Yeah, they're so just difficult to they're work. They're hard with. to work around. Sometimes I just learned you just gotta push it as hard as you can, and sometimes <laughs> it just pops out. Because in rare form, or is this every Wednesday? Mm. This is what I'm missing this when I'm at Target. L- this is a little bit of a. We're a little excited tonight. Because right. I'm here. Yeah, I think this is what it is. All right, here we go. <laughs>